Good news, good news, good news. Welcome to the opening segment of today's edition of the Bottom Line Show for this Good News Friday. I'm Roger Marsh. It's so glad that we were sharing the day together. Today is the final opportunity that you have for the month of June to make a donation to our friends at Preborn. And I'm going to be talking about this all the way throughout the program today. Dennis Wilson has put up a generous $7,500 matching gift, and we have yet to top it off. I thought for sure we would do something this month, and there's still one day left to go. So what do you say? Um, 833-850-BABY is the number to call. 833-850-2229. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. Now, here's how this works. We have raised a couple thousand dollars toward a $7,500 match for Preborn. Dennis Wilson put up $7,500 in hopes that we would match this money by the end of the month. Today's the last day we can take advantage of this matching gift. Now, when we get the $7,500 match in, it unlocks Dennis's match. That creates a $15,000 gift. And you know what that means? That means we have $15,000 to donate to Preborn this month in the name of bottom line listeners and... It also means that uh, with that $15,000 gift, they can purchase another ultrasound machine. So what do you say, guys? We're talking about Independence Day weekend, which is coming. I mean, technically, it's this weekend with the 4th of July being on Tuesday of next week. A lot of people are taking time off. And so let's go ahead and kick off this Independence Day weekend by showing our independence from the thought in the culture that is so bent on uh, trying to separate a woman from her child through abortion. Preborn has found that 85% of the women who come to preborn clinics and have an ultrasound done choose life for their child. Either they choose to be parents themselves and say, we're going to find a way, we're going to trust God, and, and we're going to figure out the details later, or they release the child for adoption. And you know what's amazing about this? That 85% number, think about this. There are so many women who are told that when they go to an abortion clinic, that so-called quote-unquote abortion care is actually health care that's vital, that's necessary, that they have to have. And that's not true. If you look at the statistics from the Gutmacher Institute, which is a pro-abortion group, from Charlotte Lozier Group, which is a pro-life group out of Texas, they'll tell you the same thing. About 3% of abortions that take place in the United States every year are medically quote-unquote necessary. Either there's something wrong with the child that is potentially threatening the life of the mother, or in some cases there is a situation where there's a miscarriage that uh, you know obviously results in the end of the life of the child, and by having the child still in mom's body, they're not able to extract the child's body from mother's body, it puts mother's health at risk. Other than that, 97% of the abortions statistically in the United States that are performed every year are done so because mom doesn't want to be pregnant, or because an abortionist lied to a woman and told her this is birth control. I mean, they, they get away with the fact that already the French abortion pill for RU486 was admitted into this country for mass production because the United States government under Bill Clinton's administration was able to convince, this was the last end of Bill Clinton's administration, but it was in that final year, 2000. They were able to convince with the work of the Food and Drug Administration the French government to release the patent on the French abortion pill and make it available in the United States without, not without cost, but I mean, without copyright royalty and this, that, and the other thing. So now when someone, a woman has an abortion performed on her body, 
48% uh, of the time, it's a surgical abortion. That's the classic abortion that most people are familiar with. 52% of the time, it's what they call a medical abortion, which means you take two different abortion pills on successive visits to an abortionist. One of them starves your baby to death, and the second one forces your body to release the, the, the baby's body from the mother's body. It, it's sinister. It's horrible. But to do that, the Food and Drug Administration had to convince... Um, the French government, among other people, that they had a, a solution for the need for these pills. And the need was that they have classified abortion, well, pregnancy actually, as an illness. And this pill is now designated as the cure. Now, I realize, you know, this good news Friday, Roger. Why, why are we talking about this? The good news is we are now into year number two, a week, full week into year number two, of abortion being illegal in the United States on a federal level. So that is good news piece number one. Number two, more and more states are passing pro-life legislation. That's also good. But number three, third part of the equation, is there's a growing number of states, there are a growing number of states that are passing pro-abortion legislation, and that's where you come in helping preborn. Your $28 donation today will be doubled, and it actually helps uh, women who are going to preborn clinics who want to see something they can't see at the abortion clinic, and that is the ultrasound image of their child. It's a beautiful image. Trust me, it is. And it's amazing how many women, when they see the image of the child, all of a sudden stop saying, well, I, I want to have the, my pregnancy ended. I want to uh, you know, have this fetal tissue removed. The first thing they do is they see that picture of the baby and say, that's a baby. No question. Uh, we're going to be getting a visit from... Uh, daughter number let's see well they're all I mean, lisa's oldest daughter taylor and her husband christian are coming over and they're bringing two of our grandchildren which is awesome and basically we remember that when taylor was pregnant with our grandson nazareth she was in a situation where she and her husband were between jobs they were between insurance and so when it came time to actually getting ultrasound images of our grandson we got them through the Pregnancy Resource Center near where they were living at the time in California. And it was great to see those pictures and see those images and know that she got those free because people had donated and supported organizations like Preborn. So uh, trust me, I'm not only a big uh, donor of, to Preborn, not huge, but Lisa and I sponsor a couple of these vi Preborn visits, uh, ultrasound visits every month, but we're also satisfied customers too. 833-850-BABY is the number to call, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com and uh, click the preborn banner. It's also permanently affixed at rogermarsh.com. And let's knock this out. Let's raise $5,000 today. What do you say? We need five KBright listeners, bottom line listeners, KLDC listeners, to each donate $1,000. Or we need 10 to each donate 500 you can do the math from there. Uh, if you could donate 100, that's fantastic. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229. It's Good News Friday today here on The Bottom Line. And we are talking about the good news of the gospel, which is preached and proclaimed to the women who come to the preborn clinics. 60,000 babies saved last year through preborn ultrasounds, and another 10,000 women who came to faith in Christ because they heard the gospel at a preborn clinic, and they responded to the call. Phenomenal track record, phenomenal news. So 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com. 
Got a good news story out of Texas um, involving the Anchor Church Youth Group in Houston. Uh, the Anchor Church Youth Group was on its way to camp and they were traveling in a van where they were going to attend a summer camp. And moments before, they were, uh, they were traveling down Interstate 610, two adults and 11 children. And they were able to evacuate the van shortly before the van literally exploded into flames. Uh, Jordan Williams is a mother of two of the youth group campers who said, you know, we believed that these kids are going to be okay. We prayed over them becoming okay. If we don't have faith, then we can't really expect these types of things to happen. The campers were boarding the van at Deer Park High School. They were on their way to Kerrville, Texas. And just a couple minutes into the journey, the fire started. The driver of the van was the church's youth pastor. His mom uh, is a former school bus driver. Um, they sensed that there was something wrong right away. And basically, you know, it's, it's funny because this is what uh, um, the youth pastor's mother actually shared with uh, KHOU. Uh, some church members noticed a very strange smell in the van shortly before the flames engulfed. They didn't realize it was coming from the 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 church itself. Um, they they one of the parents said, "Look, we we were smelling what smelled like a uh, uh, a barbecue or something like that." And they thought, "That's interesting. Gosh, barbecue is so close to where we are. We're in a high school parking lot." Why is this smelling like this? And then all of a sudden, someone said, uh, hold on a second. That's not the barbecue. That's our van. Um, the, the church is founded by Brent Phillips, and he's the founder and lead pastor. There are six different locations in Texas. Um, according to Houston Fire Department, the cause of the fire in the van was an electrical issue. Um, of course, this is a time, though, when the heat is hot. What if they just had that heat dome in uh, Texas about a week or so ago? Um, praising God, of course, that they narrowly escaped a fire on a church bus. I'm looking at video that was captured by the screenshot from a television station, KHOU in Houston, and there's not much left of this van. But how fortunate these young people are uh, that someone was alert, someone paid attention, and someone was able to figure out, hey, you know, that's not just a local barbecue, that's us. <laughs> we need to do something uh, to make that, uh, to rectify that situation. So no one was hurt. Uh, praise the Lord that uh, this uh, event turned out the way it did. Hey, let's take a quick break. And speaking of fires, on the other side of this break here on this Good News Friday, uh, we've got not only an amazing story to tell, but also lots of giveaways with regard to this. Mike Kinney is a guy who has a pretty powerful testimony. He would have known exactly what to do in that situation were he on that bus. Mike knows that he shouldn't be alive today with everything that he's been through. Uh, as a teenager, Mike was uh, driving down the road. He was following a buddy of his in his truck and the buddy's car swerved out of the way. Mike's truck slammed into a telephone pole and burst into flames. Here's a 17-year-old kid behind the wheel of a truck. He's pinned in the driver's seat. And just as that vehicle was about to be consumed by fire, Mike was pulled from the burning wreckage. He uh, didn't know who it was who actually pulled him. He figured it must have been an angel. But in the wake of this kind of Phoenix moment, uh, Mike believed that his... Uh, 
his life had been saved for a purpose, but unfortunately his story wasn't that easy. A lot of painful physical therapy. Uh, he had a traumatic brain injury that he had to learn how to live with. He had a lot of vocational disappointments and, and all of a sudden it just seemed like, gosh, Mike's life wasn't really going to turn out the way he'd hoped. Um, he fortunately has survived and has lived to tell his amazing story that he writes about in a brand new book called Out of the Fire, How an Angel and a Stranger Intervened to Save a Life. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we have three copies of this incredible story to give away today. So get your fingers dialing, get ready to call. You can call right now if you want to, Crystal. We'll be happy to take your call prematurely here. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, we have three copies of Mike Kenny's book, Out of the Fire, to share with you. And uh, just purely coincidental that Mike is joining us on the program today to talk about his amazing experience. It's coming up next as the bottom line continues. Well, today here on the bottom line, we have a special guest. And what makes the guest so extra special is he really shouldn't be here. I mean, that's that. how's that for an introduction? Mike Kinney is with me today here on The Bottom Line, and he's going to share a remarkable story of why he shouldn't be alive, but he is alive, and what God has done with his life since that fateful day at the tender age of 17 when he was involved in an accident, and next thing you know, he's literally in a fire. Mike Kinney is the author of a brand new book called Out of the Fire, How an Angel and a Stranger Intervened to Save a Life. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Mike Kinney, welcome to The Bottom Line Show. Thanks so much for having me, Roger. Uh, happy to be here. Well, and I know you say that uh, cordially, you know, just as a nice colloquial greeting <laughs> here, but also I know you're happy to be here too because of what happened to you yeah. on the day when you were 17 years of age. Um, what was life like prior to the accident for Mike Kinney? You know, I, real normal. Life was really normal. Uh, grew up with a, a great family, you know, a couple of siblings. Uh, my parents were uh, really involved in my life. And, uh, you know, I, I had gotten pretty involved at church because my dad was uh, helping out there a lot. And, uh, you know, it was normal. I, I loved music. I got involved in the, the high school youth group band and had kind of taken over leading uh, music for that group. And, uh, you know, went to uh, school, went to a public school. Everything was very, very normal uh, until it wasn't. Mm. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that, uh, second day of my senior year in high school changed everything. Boy, it's certainly, I mean, that's a pivotal time in life anyway, but then to have something like this happen, can you, uh, to the best of your memory, obviously people can read about it in the book out of the fire, walk us through what happened on that day. Yes. Yeah, so I, uh, had planned to see my good friend, Matt Bickendorf. Um, he had, uh, been out of town. Actually, he went to California to enjoy some, uh, some surfing and uh, had just gotten back. And so we were going to hang out after our uh, you know, school got started and mow a couple of lawns. And then uh, we were going to go to the high school football game. And, you know, after several things happened, we decided, you know what, let's go to uh, his parents' lake house and hang out for the evening. And it was on the way to that lake house that I fell asleep at the wheel. Uh, we were going about 55 miles an hour and, he was driving in front of me in his little red Supra. I was driving behind him in my 1987 Ford Ranger. And, um, and so I fell asleep at the wheel. He saw me veer off the road in his rear view mirror and, uh, you know, kind of plow through a hollow tree 
and then into a telephone pole mm. uh, where my car, uh, my truck burst into flames. And, uh, and so that's, that's, uh, that's kind of a, a very quick overview, but, you know, as soon as he got to my truck, um, it, it, the, the flames had started to spread around the truck. It was a cloth interior and he hadn't thought to go to the driver's side door cause it was so mangled. So he went to the uh, passenger door and was trying to punch through the, the glass. The door was locked. He was trying to punch through the glass and then tried to kick through the glass, but the dew had set on the ground. And so his foot was just skimming off the window and he came back over to the driver's side and it, uh, it opened. We still don't know how, but the door opened and he started to pull on me, uh, but I, I wasn't moving and he realized I had my seatbelt on. And by the time he reached in to pull off my seatbelt, he burned his arm just mm. getting my seatbelt off of me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so he gets the seatbelt off and I didn't move an inch. And it was probably five or six minutes before a, a car, another car came down this dark country road so Matt left me hanging. My friend Matt left me hanging from my truck, and he ran to the road to try to flag this mm-hmm. passerby down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the passerby slowed down, but then he zoomed around Matt. Oh, and no. uh, and he's like, "You got to be kidding me!" And so he, Matt ran back towards the truck. He's he's crying out uh, for Jesus. He's just you know help us. We, you know I can't mm-hmm. do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I guess this guy had just gotten out of the, the, the debris because there was tree bark all over the place from the hollow tree I went through and my lawn mowing equipment was all over the ground and gas cans, oil cans. So he just was trying to get out of the way of all of that. And um, he came running through this patch of trees and started yelling at my friend, you know, get away from the truck. It's going to blow up. Uh, the flames were going up this wooden pole and we actually have video footage of it uh, from when the fire department got there. Oh, wow. you know, 15 foot uh, flames. You can see, how out of control this fire was. And uh, so he's yelling at my friend to get away from the truck. And they, they kind of fought for about a minute or so before he finally agreed to help my friend uh, pull me out of the truck. And, and uh, you know, on the count of three, I, I fell out of the truck. Wow. Mike Kinney is sharing his remarkable story today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called Out of the Fire, as you can imagine, uh, How an Angel and a Stranger Intervened to Save a Life. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. So many different thoughts going through my mind right now, Mike, and I'm not even living it. I mean, I'm reliving it through the story that you're, you're sharing here. But the fact that you're on fire, that you were asleep, and then you were awakened to this tragedy, that your friend is trying to do all these different double duties, and the stranger who eventually did help was actually more concerned with his own stuff first and saying, hey, look, don't get, don't let this thing blow up in my face. And eventually everybody, all that happened in such a, 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 a rapid period of time. And yet I'm sure it was kind of frozen in time for you. Um, get us to the hospital, get us beyond that. I mean, now you, you've, you've, you're going through recovery, you're going through rehab. I understand you had a traumatic brain injury. Talk about that if you would. Yeah. So, I mean, fortunately, I mean, in some ways I'd say, fortunately, I had a traumatic brain injury because I don't remember any of this. Uh, I was, uh, my last memory was uh, being at the, uh, football game and then going to get gas. And that's my last memory was filling up the truck with gas, but we only had, I could only find a couple dollars. And I asked my friend, Matt, if he had some money, he only had uh, two or three bucks. So we only ended up putting $5 worth of gas in my truck. Had it been more than that, it, it could have been a problem. Right. But, um, you know, going, uh, I was lifeline to the local hospital here in Indianapolis and spent about six weeks in the ICU and then another six weeks in rehab. 
Um, but it was several years. I mean, that started a journey. This was all 20 years ago, and I've been in cognitive rehab um, several times, and most recently back in 2014. And, you know, when I woke up, I couldn't tell them how many sides were on a triangle. I couldn't, uh, you know, I didn't have um, motor function. You know, I, they tried to get me to raise my middle finger uh, up off the table, and I couldn't do that on command. And so that was pretty scary uh, yeah. waking up because I, I thought, man, where do I go from here and what's life mm-hmm. going to look like? Mm-hmm. 17 years old and you're facing this kind of challenge. What about your parents? Where were they? Was there a church community school that was kind of rallying around the, you at this point? Who was cheering you on? There was, yeah. Our church, uh, we had a community of faith that kind of rallied behind us. And um, that is part of what inspired the book was, uh, you know, just you never know the impact that you're making on someone's life. And mm-hmm. and I felt like, man, this is a chance I can say thank you to to those people that uh, prayed for me and just simple acts of kindness, but uh, it went a, a really long way and it helped me get through some really difficult times. And so, um, yeah, the the local church was amazing. And then also uh, some others helped to organize this thing called Picks for Kenny. It was a, a guitar picks uh, collection. And, uh, you know, of course the church knew about it, but they, they got it out over the airwaves because Bob and Tom radio um it, they they heard about uh, my accident and said, yeah, we'll talk about it. And so guitar picks start coming in from all over the nation. Mm, mm. And uh, and they reach out to Pete Townsend uh, out in London and the with The Who and said, hey, would you mind sending Mike a guitar pick? And he said, you know what? I'm going to send him a guitar. Instead. Wow. So he sent me, yeah, he sent me a Gibson, acoustic Gibson guitar and signed the body of the guitar in big bold letters to Mike. This is the Phoenix, Pete. Mm, and uh, and that, you know, Pete was one of those strangers that I talk about in the book that intervened, mm-hmm. you know, to to save a life. And, um, and what's so funny about that story is that uh, I didn't even know who Pete Townsend <clears throat> was uh, wow. at the time. And apparently he's a rock legend. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, it was what he sent me and what he wrote in his note that meant so much to me that he went out of the way to tell me that he'd be praying for me. And, uh, and then he gave me this gift uh, and said, this is the Phoenix. And that, that gave me hope that I could rise from the ashes. It's amazing testimony from Mike Kenny today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called Out of the Fire, How an Angel and a Stranger, and actually several strangers, intervened to save a life. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. We'll have more of this incredible testimony coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to this special edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Mike Kinney is my guest. And the book, Out of the Fire, his amazing story of how an angel and a stranger intervened to save a life. As we were talking about those kids in that youth group in Texas who uh, were able to avert disaster uh, when their van on the way to camp burst into flames. Uh, Mike Kinney's story is very similar. And uh, it's amazing how God will put us in situations like this so that we can, well, quite frankly... Um, place our faith and trust in him all the more deeply. Uh, we've got three copies of this book to give away, so you have an excellent chance of winning today here on this Good News Friday. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, Mike Kinney is the author and my guest today here on The Bottom Line, the author of the book called Out of the Fire, How an Angel and Stranger Intervened to Save a Life. 
is the number to get you through to the bottom line. On the other side of this break, Mike and I are going to continue our conversation and we're going to discuss what it's like to go through what he did with the physical therapy, with the traumatic brain injury, um, the Pete Townsend of the Who connection. That's a great story we're going to get into on the other side. But more importantly, everyone of us wants to live a life of purpose. We feel called by God to be used according to his purpose. But what happens when it feels like, okay, I went through this traumatic injury and now I'm trying to live my purpose, but you keep getting derailed. How do you stay the course? Mike Kenny has some great tips to share from his book, Out of the Fire, and he'll do so on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Well, Mike Kinney is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. If you did not hear the first half of this conversation, go back to thebottomlineshow.com, click on the link for the podcast, and listen to part one of my conversation with Mike about his remarkable journey, literally out of the fire, that's the name of his book, How an Angel and a Stranger Intervened to Save a Life. Got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. 17-year-old Mike Kinney, growing up in a church-going home with decent parents and kind of an average life. Uh, is on the second day of his senior year in high school when he falls asleep at the wheel and crashes into a telephone pole and winds up being pinned in the driver's seat of his his truck. And next thing you know, he's engulfed in flames and just a miraculous, dramatic rescue. Uh, And then there was rehab. And then there was a traumatic brain injury discovery and then a guitar pick from a guitar from Pete Townsend. I mean, you really had kind of a charmed life. But Mike, before the break, you mentioned that there was a community of faith around you that was praying for you and helping your family and this, that, and the other thing. At some point, everyone who goes through something like this asks the question, where is God or why me, God, or why did that happen? Talk about how you knew that God not only was with you, but had a plan for this, even in spite of the fact that you had to go through all of this painful rehabilitation to kind of get made whole again. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I'd say that hindsight is definitely twenty twenty, right? But uh, when, when you're going through something, it's really uh, sometimes it's it's hard to uh, see things from from that perspective that God is with us, even when we, we have no idea what He's doing, you know. But um, I'll tell you, you know, a story uh, that just shortly after my accident, uh, I told my parents, I, I really would like to go and see this truck. Is, is there any way that we could go to a junkyard and see it? Uh, because I had heard the story about what had happened. And Matt had told me, um, you know, that 
Jesus had showed up on the scene of the accident to heal my body. Mm. Uh, and that was hard for me to wrap my brain around. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, and that's the way sometimes I think people hear stories like this and they're like, well, that sounds great, but, but where's God in the middle of my story? Right. And, you know, so, so I went to, to the, uh, I did go to the junkyard and there's a book, there's a chapter in the book called Jesus in the junkyard. And, um, we get to this, this, uh, truck and we're looking at it. Everything is just, um, uh, there's nothing left. Uh, and we're, we're looking in the back seat. I see like the, uh, the, the plug-in for my uh, acoustic electric guitar was back there, but like, I mean, everything is just uh, burnt up and you can't fit my body back in the driver's seat. Mm. And, uh, and so as I look in the window though, you know, I was there trying to search for meaning and trying to search for where, where is Jesus. And, uh, as I look in the center of the steering wheel, I see two pieces of metal that had melted together to form a shape of a cross. Mm. And I snapped a picture of that moment. And that has given me so much hope over the, the years to know that, that he was with me, even, even though, again, I wasn't there uh, or was unconscious during the accident. That was a piece of hope that I took with me, that, that Jesus was, it was with me in that moment and, and in all others moving forward. And, uh, and then I just started to see, you know, look for Jesus uh, in, you know, in, in other people and, and in other situations. And, uh, you know, one, one thing that really meant a lot to me was getting to share my testimony shortly after the accident uh, before my high school and one of the gals in my high school chemistry class that sat across from me, we didn't know each other that well, but uh, she, you know, this was the end of the school year of my senior year. And I shared my story. And the next day she handed me a note and she said, you know, hey, your story reminded me that God uh, saved me for a reason. She had just recently, uh, you know, tried to end her life. Mm -hmm. And so this note was, te was telling me that she had recently, um, lived through this near-death experience. And she said, your story reminded me that God saved me for a reason. And she said, I feel like God saved you and, and sent you to, to save me is what she said. But she said, I, you know, she just prayed that, that uh, God would, would be with me wherever I go and wanted me to know that my story had made an impact on her life. And that note is now in a frame and it means so much to me because over the last 20 years, when things were really hard and when things were dark, I know I found out I have narcolepsy and um, I lost loved ones and um, I lost a family member to suicide. Mm. You know, a note like that gave me so much encouragement and so much hope that our stories do matter. Our lives do matter. And that, uh, you know, if we can share hope with others and share our faith with others, we should do it every single time because you just never know if it, if it might change somebody's life. Mike Kinney is sharing his testimony with us today here on The Bottom Line. He's the author of the brand new book called Out of the Fire, How an Angel and a Stranger Intervened to Save a Life. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Mike, I, I understand that in addition to uh, your writing and your speaking, of course, you're a singer, you're a songwriter, you're a, a worship leader. Uh, talk about what your uh, your musical journey is now. I mean, you mentioned before that you were uh, a, an aspiring musician, <laughs> though you weren't really aware of guys like Pete Townsend at that point. But uh, now you guys are on a, you know, first name. Oh, yeah, Pete gave me this guitar. You know, it's no big thing. 
you know, but <laughs> uh, talk about uh, where God has led you now, because I, I remember, and I'm going to throw this out just kind of as a precursor. It was about 15 years ago. I was, YouTube was just kind of taken off and I came across a, uh, a worship seminar that was led by Michael Card. And he spent the whole hour not playing his guitar, but talking about how worship begins with lament. I mean, if we really mm -hmm. want to worship God, first and foremost, we have to be able to understand to use the language of lament. You obviously have a lamentable story that still impacts your life today. Talk about how God is using you in the worship world. Is, is that something you draw from often? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it, it doesn't um, it doesn't look like I thought it would in terms of leading worship. Um, that's something I I uh, if you read my story, it's something I thought that I was made for. I was born, you know, to be a worship leader. That's what everyone told me when I was younger, when I was 17. And then, you know, I did help out a lot uh, for years. I mean, 10 to 15 years. And then when I tried to, you know, uh, find a worship leader position, the doors just weren't opening. It didn't feel like the, it was a good fit. And the, those doors really felt like they were shutting. And, uh, and then I took a job that I've had for the last seven years where I work weekends and I can't even volunteer as a worship leader. And that was a really hard thing. But I, I, uh, I know that God was with me through that transition and I, and I had a piece for it. And it wasn't too long after all that happened that I was able to, uh, uh, patent a product that I uh, had a dream about shortly after the accident, which is a, a new type of capo. And really the capo, it removes limitations. And so here I was feeling so limited by all the, uh, the brain injury and the, the narcolepsy, all the things that I faced after, after the accident. And this capo really removed limitations. And so I had a lot of people that helped me along the way to getting that, um, you know, a prototype made and then actually writing a patent and, and getting all that done. But, you know, today, you know, I got a, a call this past weekend that the choir is going to sing at my church, which that doesn't usually happen. And, and it was, it's a Thursday night. So they said, Hey, can you join us? So for the first time in probably like five years or so, I, I'm going to jump on uh, with the choir tonight and that'll be a lot of fun. But, you know, I think worship is something that we, we can experience on a daily basis and it's how we live our lives and in gratitude for, for what the Lord has given us. And uh, no matter what our circumstances are, that we can still turn whatever we're going through into yes. praise, knowing that this is not our forever home. You know, we're only here for a limited period of time. And so, um, you know, it's uh, it does look different sometimes than what we think it should look like, but uh, God still has a plan for all of us. I love it. I love it. Uh, this is great. And uh, I'm so encouraged by the fact that God has called you into a position of leading worship, even though it's not in the traditional sense of every Sunday morning, I'm in front of a praise team or whatever, but uh, you're, you're finding your way and you've got a remarkable story to tell. And good for you for inventing a new capo. I mean, how? I mean, as a frustrated bass player here, we don't get to benefit from them as much as you guitarists do. But uh, nonetheless, I think that's, uh, it, I could see the, the spiritual significance of that type of product as well, helping guitarists with their cording and uh, tunings and things of that nature. So so good for you, Mike Kinney. Mike is the author of the book, Out of the Fire, How an Angel and Stranger Intervened to Save a Life. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Mike, it's been great to get to know you. Thank you for sharing your testimony with us. And thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Thanks so much for having me, Roger. 
What a great conversation and a fascinating book, too. Mike Kinney, the author of the book Out of the Fire, How an Angel and Stranger Intervened to Save a Life, a young man who was a teenager, uh, was involved in a terrible auto accident, 17 years of age, pinned behind the wheel in the driver's seat of his truck after slamming into a telephone pole. The truck's in flames and a stranger came and pulled him out and uh, saved him for a unique purpose, according to what his thought his plan for God's plan for his life was. And then the hardships that followed and then the question of, well, is this really God's plan for my life? And Mike just shares very winsomely about this story. Uh, the book is called Out of the Fire. We've got three copies that we're giving away today, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. And I love it on these Good News Fridays when A, we have something to give away, but B, we have lots of copies to give away, so you have an excellent chance of winning. And if you don't win, and I know it's Friday, you might wanna just put a bug in Crystal's ear and she might have something else that we're giving away. I, I just leave that up to you and her and God. Um, we'll take a quick break and when we continue, I wanna talk about a case involving a man in Pennsylvania who uh, today's the last day of the so-called Pride Month that's been happening all month long in the United States and all over the world as people celebrate, quote unquote, uh, LGBTQ lifestyle and um, the, the fact that they have uh, uh, made the decision to come out and be bold. And um, it's interesting because um, the, uh, the story involves a Christian pastor who was arrested at a Pride event. And when police saw the video of what happened to this guy and the reasons why it happened and where it happened, you know, the headline was pastor hurls insults at gay revelers at a pride event in Pennsylvania. But when you look at the video and see what happened, you have to ask the question, why on earth was this guy taken into custody in the first place? We have an update in his case, plus an update in our goal toward reaching the $5,000 mark today for our friends at Preborn. That's all coming up on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. You've been in an accident and the worst thing you can do is to wait to contact Stephanie at Cover Law. Stephanie frequently talks to people who waited too long to seek help with their cases or tried to handle them on their own. And by then, it's too late. Family and friends mean well, but they can give truly bad advice. Often even trusted advisors will try and convince you to wait for more compensation. Stephanie knows the insurance companies want you to wait. They don't want you to file police reports, and they don't want you to reach out to Stephanie at Cover Law. That's because Stephanie is keenly aware of the tactics they use and why. She spent 20 years litigating for insurance companies and knows the strategy they will use to minimize their liability and your awarded amount. Insurance companies are for profit. They don't share Stephanie's Christian values, and typically they won't be fair to you. Don't deny yourself the ability to get better. Go with a proven expert in the field of personal injury and contact Cover Law at kbrightradio.com slash C-O-V-E-R today. My thanks again to Mike Kinney for joining me today here on the program to talk about his amazing story of what it was like for him as a teenager to be involved in a fiery crash where he was literally pinned behind the wheel of his truck slammed up against the telephone pole, really had no hope of living, had kind of a lukewarm faith at this point, and then God delivered him, but he still had a traumatic brain injury, had lots of physical therapy to go through, and it got to the point where it looked like maybe God was going to heal or maybe God wasn't going to heal, 
And uh, Mike's journey now is to help other people understand what their purpose is in life according to God's economy. And he's written a story about this called Out of the Fire, How an Angel and Stranger Intervened to Save a Life. We have a copy of the book. Well, it's linked up at thebottomlineshow.com. And we have not one, not two, but three copies of this amazing book to give away. And we're doing so today here on Good News Friday. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. You may have heard of the story of a guy called Damon Atkins. Earlier this month, he was arrested in Reading, well, Reading, I would say Reading, Pennsylvania, or if he were in England, it would be Reading, but nonetheless, uh, it's about 60 miles northwest of Philadelphia. He was charged with disorderly conduct for showing up at a gay pride event. And you know what his crime was? He was reading the Bible. Now, if he were reading the Bible quietly, no one would really notice and no one would really care. He wasn't reading the Bible quietly. He was reading the Bible out loud. Lisa and I recently moved from one community to another. And in our former community where we lived for a couple of years, uh, there was a guy who used to bring a bullhorn out to as a major intersection, probably the busiest intersection in the city. You know, three-way stop, four turns, you know, that, that whole bit. And he would just kind of park himself out there and either hold up a sign that said Jesus is the only way to everlasting life, or he would bring a bullhorn out and he would just kind of preach the gospel. And we'd drive by and honk and wave, give him the thumbs up or the one-way sign or whatever. It's pretty cool. You know, and the people who didn't like it, they were driving. So they just kept driving. It's no big deal, right? Well, I understand that if a pastor, Christian pastor, shows up at a gay pride parade and starts reading scripture, then some people might say, well, that's not appropriate. You know, the good news about scripture, if you ever, by the way, this is a little sidebar from me to you. If you ever feel the desire to read the Bible out loud, to get on the old proverbial bullhorn or just stand on a street corner and and read passages of scripture, remember that God's word says the reading of the word of God will never come back void. It's why whenever we were picking people to be lectors at our church, I never worried about whoever was reading the scripture. You know, you would say, well, what about someone if they're a new Christian or what if they mispronounce the words? Doesn't matter. God's word is more powerful than us. So when we read God's word out loud, the word is transforming. The word does the work. So basically, here's the the passage that Pastor Atkins was reading from at the Gay Pride Festival in Reading, Pennsylvania on June the 3rd. Uh, for 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. Okay, and it reads a little something like this. We'll only get you, oh, we'll do a little context here. Let's do verses 33, 34, and 35, shall we? This is the New International Version. Paul writes to the church at Corinth. Remember, he's just done all, the church at Corinth had a lot going for it and then it kind of fell into sin and temptation. And the first 12 chapters are about, it's kind of an open rebuke from Paul to the church at Corinth. But then Paul says at the end of chapter 12, beginning of verse 13, now let me show you a more excellent way. And then he goes into chapter 13, which is what we call the love chapter. It gets read at uh, uh, weddings and, you know, things about love. And basically, He talks about if I do all these things for the kingdom, but I don't have love in my heart, I'm a clanging gong, I'm a clashing cymbal. 
and the classic symbol clanging gong is a reference to the uh, the paganism that was happening in Paul's day in Corinth where they would build these temples to these gods and then as a way when they first got to the temple as they were opening up the door of the temple to go in and worship the god they would literally clang on a cymbal or bang on a bell to make sure the god was awake and prepared and not surprised by their showing up so basically Paul says look if you say, you know, you speak with the tongue of men and angels, but you don't have love, you're about as worthless as that gong is, okay? But this is what Paul writes in, um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. You ready? New International Version. Because if we get into 34 and 35, that's the whole women shouldn't speak in church, and that's a whole different conversation. But this is what Pastor Atkins preached in Pennsylvania that day. God is a God of order, and not of chaos. In other words, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. Now, that phrase in particular, apparently, was something that was too much for the police department in Reading, Pennsylvania. Uh, Seriously. Uh, There was a video of the arrest of Pastor Atkins went viral. He was taken into custody on charges of disorderly conduct after he was involved in a conversation with reading police officer Bradley McClure. The now viral video shows Atkins holding a sign that said, Jesus said, go and sin no more. Okay, Jesus did say, go and sin no more. He said that to the woman at the well, or excuse me, the woman got in adultery. Remember John chapter eight with all the people who wanted to stone her because she was caught in adultery. Remember in the Jewish law back in the day, there was no punishment for the guy caught in adultery it was only the woman and so all these self-righteous jewish people bring hey jesus look we found this woman blah 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 and jesus says okay i know what the law says the law says stone her okay that's what you have to do but remember the first person who should cast the first stone is the one who's never sinned notice he upholds the law but he doesn't give them any opportunity to actually carry it out then he looks around, as you could just hear. I love the sound of the, the, I imagine what it must have been like, hundreds of people around there all had rocks in their hands. They all wanted to stone this woman to death. And instead, you heard drop, 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 drop. What a chorus how, that must have been. Jesus looks at her and says, where are your accusers? And she says, they're not here. And then he says, okay, well, then I don't accuse you either. I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. So Pastor Damon Atkins is preaching at a gay pride festival and he has a sign that says, Jesus said, go and sin no more. And the police officer says, you've got to get away from here. And Atkins responds, this is public property. You know, if they want to have their day, let them have their day. But this is public property. Okay, well, then respect it, says Officer McClure. Let them have their day. And then uh, Pastor Atkins says, you know who's cheering for us? The people in hell. So you do you, and I'm going to do me. And then he starts preaching again from 1 Corinthians 14.33. And at that point, Officer McClure says, that's it, you're done. And he starts to handcuff Pastor Atkins. And the crowd at the Pride March is clapping as he's taken into custody. Now, what's really interesting is that a guy named Matthew Ware, who took the video, as people are saying, you know, some people are saying, can't believe this is happening in reading. But as he's up against the wall, Pastor Atkins, as he's being handcuffed, another guy has a, the guy who's filming this, has a totally different take on this. He says, wow, this is an incredible providence. God is allowing me to film this. 
Now, Reading Police Chief Richard Turnelli had told WFMZ-TV that the arrest was not connected to the content of his speech, but because he was being disorderly. Quote, our officers gave him warnings to cease that behavior as it was disrupting the event that was taking place. But what happened next is really remarkable, and it's a reason why I believe Christians should engage in civil, well, this is obedient disobedience. I'll talk about it coming up next as the bottom line continues. You know the old expression, a picture is worth a thousand words? Well, if you're an expectant mom and you go to a pregnancy health center that is in partnership with Preborn, one picture can say way more than that. And that picture I'm talking about is an ultrasound picture. Every donation that goes to Preborn goes to providing ultrasounds for women who are expecting children and they want to know what all of their options are. When you call 833-850-BABY right now, you give a gift of $28 that provides one ultrasound. But if you give a gift toward the purchase of an ultrasound machine, now that's a $15,000 investment, but every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts a minimum of 10 years. That's 2,500 ultrasounds available to women right now. Think of all the babies, thousands of babies' lives that will be saved by your donation to Preborn right now. Call 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Make your best donation right now. $50, $100. Maybe you want to give $15,000. It's completely tax deductible. We've had a couple of bottom line listeners step up and do just that. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn right now. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Still taking your calls for pre-born today. We have $7,500 Dennis Wilson matching gift in place today. Our goal is to raise $5,000 in matchable donations before the hour is up. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. 833-850-2229. You can give a $28 monthly donation that saves one child's life every month. You can do two. Lisa and I do one apiece. Uh, you could also give a $1,000 donation right now. Five $1,000 donations gets us over the hump. And the $5,000 goal is key because we've raised $2,500 this month. Dennis Wilson has a $7,500 matching gift. And if we get the next 5000 in by the end of the month, we can put another ultrasound machine in a pre-born health pregnancy center uh, location. 833-850-BABY. Give your best gift to pre-born today. We're taking a look here at an update of the case involving Pastor Damon Atkins here on this Good News Friday. He was the guy earlier this month who was at a gay pride festival in Reading, Pennsylvania, and uh, he was arrested for being disorderly. Now, the police chief said it wasn't because he was reading verses out of the Bible. It's because he just wouldn't get out of the way. If you watch the video of this event, and hundreds of people did, He's nowhere near the festival. He's like two blocks away from it. There's just a couple of gay people on the other side holding up their rainbow signs. He's not, it's not like he's marching in the middle of a parade and trying to stop them from doing it. And so it's, it's interesting because hundreds of people started calling the Reading Police Department with people voicing complaints about the arrest. Uh, their police chief, uh, Richard Torinelli, said that a lot of people... Uh, were harassing us on the phone. There were some that were potentially creating dangerous situations. But what they meant by the dangerous situations is there were so many calls that if somebody did call with like a 911 or something, um, that it wasn't going to get through. Well, now they took a look at the video, they looked at the PR disaster, and they realized that what they did was a mistake and the charges have been dropped. 
against Pastor Atkins. His crime was going to a gay pride festival, standing on the other side of the street behind the off the main street, holding up a sign that said Jesus is the, not a God of order, but a God of, of, he's not a God of disorder, but a God of order. And then reading from 1 Corinthians 14, 33. If that's the worst that he did, then he never should have been charged in the first place. But good for him for stepping up and, stand, and standing up for his faith. Um, by the way, still time to make your donation to Preborn, 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229. And also, don't forget, we've got a couple seconds left in our giveaway of Mike Kinney's outstanding book, Out of the Fire. We were talking about that youth group in Houston that avoided big disaster when their electrical fire burst into flames as they were on their way to youth group in their van. Uh, Mike Kenny's story is equally griv- uh, gripping and uh, you'll love it. The book Out of the Fire, How an Angel and a Stranger Intervened to Save a Life. We've got three copies of the book we're giving away right now. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800 the number to get you through to the bottom line. For our KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your programming day. Rabbi Schneider's coming up next. And don't forget to listen to Bottom Line Show Extra with our special guest, Greg Harris, the president and CEO of Through the Bible. For those who remain on the network, coming up next, Greg is right here in studio, and we're going to have a great conversation update. That's coming up next as the Bottom Line continues. Joined in studio virtually by Greg Harris today here on the Bottom Line Show from the studios of KBRT, our flagship affiliate for the Bottom Line Show here in the Los Angeles area. Greg Harris, the president and CEO of Through the Bible, ttb.org. Greg, it's good to see you again. I mean, I'm glad yeah. we can see each other through Zoom. I mean, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, but, uh, we've sort of been through uh, different iterations in the studio yeah. and then on the phone, not seeing each other and now seeing each other. And, and talking, which is yeah. awesome. Now, it's, well, it's good to see you. And I know you've been busy. Our listeners, I'm sure, want to know where you've been traveling. I mean, as restrictions have opened up, you've kind of been back in the air again for pretty much the past year, year and a half. I mean, in terms of, there was a season yeah. where I remember you said, you know, you and Betsy were having to get reacquainted because you were home. <laughs> she was so used to you being yeah. away. And then all of a sudden you're home all the time. That was a bit of an adjustment. Yeah. You know, one thing I think, you know, I often think of the people that are listening to us right now and, you know, how they might envision those of us that are in what I call vocational ministry, which is, in other words, that's how we make our bread. We get paid to do God's uh, work. But many people that are listening to us, you're in full-time ministry as well as we are. And sometimes I think people think we live this sort of, these sort of uh, saintly lives that have no problems and no challenges. (laughs) And I could tell you, Roger, almost everybody that does the kind of work I do, which is requiring a lot of travel, even if you have a good marriage, they said, boy, this was COVID was a real adjustment for our marriage because my wife is used to me for the last. I mean, we're coming up on 38 years Mm. of marriage and, um, you know, I think it's going to last. We're pretty feeling pretty good (laughs) that that we're going to make it till death do us part. And, uh, you know, so I feel like we have a, you know, we have a very good, healthy marriage, but my wife is like, you're here again, you know, because <laughs> she's been used to me being gone every two weeks or so, two to three weeks, either here in the States or North America or somewhere around the world. So yeah, it, it was an adjustment to get back into traveling. And, uh, you know, I, I was in uh, four countries and uh, four and a half months, more than four countries, four international trips. Um but the, the one I wanted to talk about, uh, because it was so exciting, was Uganda. Mm. Um, just, uh, you know, Roger, one of the things that you know about us is we don't have a, a 
grand strategic plan at through the Bible. Mm. Uh, and that's not because we're careless. It's because we believe that there's someone who's a lot greater and smarter than we are, who actually knows what he's doing. And all we have to do is say, Lord, where, where should we go now? Mm-hmm. And um, Uganda is one of those great stories of how we, we weren't even trying to start anything. And God introduced uh, me through a board member at through the Bible to a couple of pastors in Uganda and said, we love McGee and we'd love to try to get him into uh, our language of Luganda. That's like Uganda with an L mm-hmm. on the front. Mm-hmm. And it's been a, it's been awesome to see what God has done. You know, when I think of uh, the way you were describing the the. Uh, you know, a lot of people have planned spontaneity, right? You know, where they try to make it look like it's, you know, really spontaneous, but yeah. there's a whole group of strategic people in the background. Uh, I think of through the Bible as kind of that no huddle offense, right? I mean, where you're just, <laughs> yeah. everybody's in the line of scrimmage, there's no yeah. one in the backfield, just yeah. call it off. And someone says, hey, uh, Uganda, and you look, they throw the ball over there. And, and not to make it sound, I mean, obviously you've got a great business acumen i mean there you've got a fantastic strategic leadership team um even including rob yardley but i mean yes. everybody else is on there <laughs> and, and i i say that in all love and respect I, i'm going to dovetail just really quickly rob was involved in a bike accident recently and, yes um, yeah. a really serious one and i did i send you the picture when he finally went to the rehab hospital before he was released one of his nurses was my sister you told me that yes and my, yeah that yeah, whole she, story was amazing. Yeah. 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 Rob, Rob's incredible. But Rob, we're glad you're on the men. Yes. Glad you're up walking around. He probably got everybody in the hospital saved while he was there. You know, absolutely. Because, yeah. yeah. He I mean, he was he, I was on my way to the National Religious Broadcasters Convention where you and I usually uh, connect. And yes. I was at the airport. And of course, my flight was delayed. So I'm in the, the airline lounge there and, and my phone rings and it's Rob. And and we're talking and he said, I'm just thinking of you and and uh uh, I said, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm having an EEG and my technician, who's very nice, is letting me be on the phone. He says, let me FaceTime you so you can see. And he had electrodes all over his head. <laughs> and, and Rob, so those of those of you who aren't in the, in the conversation, Rob Yardley is a board member through the Bible. Great, has been involved in Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, many, many ministries. And he's a lovely guy, so cheerful. Yeah. And he, he said, I look like I'm getting a perm. Uh, that's, <laughs> but, but yeah, we are, we are grateful that, uh, Rob has, um, you know, has, uh, been preserved through a very, yes. very serious bike accident. Uh, so yeah. And, and that's the way we work at through the Bible. We, we sort of take it one day at a time. Like you said, it's not that we're a bunch of incompetent people. We, we are running a, a rather large, uh, enterprise, multi-million dollars, global, uh, over 250 languages around the world, mm. you know, over 1400 radio stations here in North America. Uh, but the, the most important thing, and I think this is good for everybody who is hearing the sound of our, our voices, Roger is, you know, if you just are open to what God will wants to do in your life, and if you're willing to do whatever he asks you to do, yes. it's extraordinary the lengths he will go to to show you uh, what he wants you to do. Yeah. And you guys are living that out. Uh, Greg Harris, the president and CEO of Through the Bible, is with me today here on The Bottom Line. TTB.org is where you find them online. And Greg, you were, we were talking about your travels, the places that you've been. They, recently, the the idea that uh, the Ugandan uh, ministry opportunity opened up because some, I mean, <laughs> it's the it's the Christian equivalent of I know a guy, you know, where a pastor shows up and says, you know, yeah. that's it. But there are so many of those exchanges. Where else have you been traveling? And, and are you and Steve traveling a lot these days? Together? Uh, so Steve and I traveled together to uh, Uganda, uh, and that was a 
quite a, an a interesting trip. And then we traveled to Bangladesh and India together. And um, uh, apart from Steve, and th- those of you might recognize the name Steve Schwetz, he is the host, the long time, about 30 years, he's been yes. hosting the Through the Bible program. When you hear his uh, beautiful God-given voice, uh, which most of us who do any kind of radio are slightly jealous of, you know, because God has <laughs> biblically him. jealous, yeah, biblically mm-hmm. jealous. Yes, yeah. we we rejoice in what God did for him, even though he didn't yeah. do it for some of us. <laughs> for us, right? Uh, but he is a he's also the chairman of our board, and he just he has such a passion for the ministry. And uh, yeah, so we went to uh, Uganda, and uh, so I I got to tell this little travel story. So in yeah. in more than thirty years of traveling all over the world. Uh, I it's a very rare experience that there's a medical emergency on a flight that causes it to actually land somewhere else. And I have talked to many friends like who do what I do and have traveled all over the world. And I've said, how many times have they landed a flight, diverted a flight because of a medical emergency? Most of them say never. Now, in my travels, I've had it happen once when I was alone. But when Steve and I have traveled, it has now happened twice in the span of a few years. So <laughs> and in today's world. So we we left LAX uh, bound for Istanbul, Turkey, which is about a 12 and a half hour flight, 12 hour flight, then a, a layover in Turkey and then down flying down to Entebbe in Uganda. Well, there was some kind of medical emergency on this huge plane that we were on. We never saw the person. They landed in Winnipeg after only two hours. That blew the whole trip apart. It ended Mm. up taking us 52 hours to get from point A, Los Angeles, LAX, to uh, point B, which was not just in Tebby, the airport. We had a five-hour drive. And when we got there, we were scheduled to preach in two services in two different churches. We were going to do the old switcheroo. You know, we'd each do a service. Well, we missed the first service, so they rushed us in to give a greeting at the end of the first service. So after 52 hours of travel, Mm. you know, I'm in a radio studio changing into a suit uh, and it's hot, you know, and I'm already tired. And then we had to we had to preach. And that was the beginning of a very eventful trip. Boy, it sounds like it. What kind of sermon do you preach when you've been traveling for 52 hours, Greg uh, Harris? I mean, <laughs> you, you preach on adrenaline. And, yes. uh, you know, I, I just I probably look like a televangelist with my handkerchief out because I was sweating, mm. you know, just from the heat. And then just my body was saying, what what is it you're doing to me? You know, making making me do all this. And <laughs> and, uh, you know, at one point in the trip, I said to Steve, I said, I would never do this for money. In other words, you know, I would only do this for Jesus. It, yes. I don't care how much money they paid me. I would not just put myself through this. But again, the, the point of the story is, you know, it's not it's not that simple what we do. And God makes it all work together. Um, and our biggest blessing of being in Uganda was just to encourage the leadership team uh, who started broadcasting the Luganda language. We're now done the five-year series. And th- these these men have such vision. They said, hey, uh, there's another language for Western Uganda called Ranyakatara. We want to do that. And they found the people. They found the radio stations. And and we, we met with that team as well. And then when they got that going, they're about halfway through the five-year cycle. They said, we want to go to South Sudan and start a juba arabic program mm. and so we're about a year into that roger and and awesome. it's again none of this was us sitting in a room with a whiteboard saying let's target these three languages now there are mm-hmm. times when we are interested in a particular language uh, juba arabic is is one of those languages because 
uh, for years, we tried to get into it and we couldn't. And then all of a sudden the Lord opened a door and, and here we are. Phenomenal. Great update from Greg Harris, the president and CEO of Through the Bible. TTB.org is on our website. Uh, more of this great conversation, our monthly visit with the president of Through the Bible to talk about all things J. Vernon McGee. Coming up next as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. From the studios of KBRT in Los Angeles, the flagship affiliate for The Bottom Line Show, I'm Roger Marsh, joined for our monthly visit by Greg Harris, the president and CEO of Through the Bible, ttb.org, and of course the app and all the other different apparatus that you have. How many people still write to you and ask, does Dr. McGee come in the studio? Are you using reel-to-reel <laughs> recorders? I mean, there's still something about that charm and listening, knowing that these sermons were preached nearly, we're coming up on the 50th anniversary of the start of that five-year cycle, are we not, 1975? Uh, actually, yes, that, that would be, uh, it actually started the very first, uh, cycle was 1967, but 1970 uh -huh. was the first. So we're actually over 50 years. We're coming wow. up on 55 years of ministry. We are now in the, the 11th five-year cycle here mm. in North America. And Incredible. I keep waiting for the phone to ring uh, where, you know, Crawford or, or any of the other networks we work with say, okay, we got it 11 times. We got it. <laughs> We're just not hearing that Roger. No, and I, no. and it's because, you know, there is no end to learning the word of God. Right. Um, even McGee would say the more he studied the Bible, the less he felt he knew about it. Amen. Yeah. Well, and especially in the culture we're living in right now. I mean, I find that's my situation. I know you're nodding emphatically for our myhopenow.com viewers who are watching us on our little Zoom link here. Yeah. And and yet every time, you know, we talk about how God's mercies are new every morning, you were sharing with us in the opening segment about Uganda and how that's opened up for you to really just kind of scratch the surface on, on what's happening. What kind of response are you getting from the people who, oh. who, who speak Lugandan in Uganda? It, the response is just uh, so encouraging. And, um, it, you know, there, there's a theme in through the Bible all over the world, which is thank you for helping us understand the word of God and, and understand it uh, systemically, systematically, mm -hmm. holistically. You know, I'll, I'll just kick out as many big adverbs as I can here, you know, <laughs> it, 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 but it's so exciting that everywhere we take it around the world, we get the same kind of of uh, response. So, I mean, I'm looking at a report right here. Uh, this one came from a church called the Bread of Life Church. Um, and it says, the reality is the program has blessed us and drawn us more and more to God. Now, let me just stop there and say, that's another theme, which is it isn't just head knowledge. It's, it's, it's the knowledge of the heart and the relationship with God 
this response goes on. Reading the Bible in Luganda was hard. And when I heard it being taught on the radio, I was so blessed because it eased my work in knowing the word. Mm. Uh, Pastor David, that is the speaker, has been used of God to teach us things we have never known about Jesus. We have understood the details of what Jesus did. Uh, members of the Listeners Club have together learned and discussed a lot. Now, let me stop again there, Roger. This is another thing the Holy Spirit is doing. You know, we have these home groups. We have tens of thousands of home right, groups right. in South Asia. But the Holy, th I always say this wasn't our idea. It was the Holy Spirit's idea. And I think it started in the book of Acts when it said they met <laughs> from house to house. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is happening spontaneously. Uh, people hear these programs and they say, let's form a listeners club. OK, so this uh, this response I'm reading goes on every Saturday. We learn from our club to share and summarize how the teachings of the week have been touching our lives. Practice steps of applying the word of God are always emphasized in our discussions. Many members who didn't know how to read the Bible have now even started memorizing scriptures. We have gone boldly out to preach the word knowing that the word of God will be our guide and the Holy Spirit will lead us always. And then the last line of this uh, single, this is just one response of uh, hundreds, hundreds of responses. It says the youth who are preaching around have joined hands with the listeners club members and have taken the gospels to all areas around our communities in Turinyi. Mm. So th the thing, the thing I think we should, should be really encouraged by Roger is when you simply give out the word of God, explain it very simply the way Philip did to the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts yeah. chapter eight. He said, do you understand what you're reading? And the, and the eunuch said, how can I unless someone explains it to me? That is all that we're doing uh, in 250 languages around the world. And and that's all you need to do. You know, it, it doesn't have to be overly complicated. Just helping people understand what God's word actually says, it, it, it yields and it does doesn't just yield, as I said, head knowledge. It yields this sort of this uh, dynamic groups get formed. People go out. People want to share it. it. It's just the beginning. It's like pressing that uh, first knocking that first domino over, you know, which right. we all did as kids. And then watching it, the exciting part is what happens after that first domino falls. Yeah, it, it, because there's no last one, it seems like. I mean, the first one goes and it just keeps going and just keeps going and spreading into other areas. I'm talking with Greg Harris today here on The Bottom Line, President and CEO of Through the Bible, ttb.org. Uh, we encourage you to, uh, I encourage you to support this ministry. I mean, the TTB will never do that because they're, <laughs> the, the no huddle offense of TTT uh, doesn't have a development team, doesn't have an advancement that strategy. I mean, that... That in and of itself is so telling as to, I think, why God is blessing the ministry, Greg. And I'm, you know, doing the Proverbs 28 or whatever, letting another man praise you um, for the, your leadership. But in these strategic times, you saw all the way through a global pandemic how God not only expanded your ministry with opportunities like this one, but also grew the ministry, you know, in terms of responses from people. Talk about that, if you would. Well, yeah, because uh, the, the home group movement and, and this I just referenced, the, the, whether you call it a listeners club or a home group. Right. Um, the the fact that uh, the Lord years prior to the pandemic, uh, he was preparing our global ministry. Uh, we began saying yes to supporting the infrastructure that's required to have tens of thousands of home groups in places like India, Nepal, Bangladesh. Pakistan. Um, and then other places like Uganda, as we just shared, 
where they they have been stimulating a listener clubs so that when the pandemic hit, uh, people people had there were two things. One is we were moving a lot of things toward digital so that mm-hmm. people could access it, whether they uh, could tune into the radio every day or not. They could do both. They could tune into the radio. We also launched an app in the Luganda language, which is the Bible in Luganda. And then the the simple five year teaching all the way through the Bible. Uh, and that that also has been taking off in Uganda. All of these things, Roger, this is this is why I say we don't do the strategic planning. None of us foresaw a pandemic. Right. right, right. Um, but God force. He knew he didn't just foresee it. He knew he knew it was going to happen. And he prepared. And we heard uh, so many great testimonies of people that said we couldn't even go to church but we could learn the word of God every day right. because mm-hmm. through the Bible was there for us. It's funny. Home group, you know, sounds a lot uh, less daunting than underground church. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you get right down to it, that's in essence what they're doing. And I, my question, I, I'm going to ask it on the other side of this break, uh, has to do with that very issue of are they, they're thriving. Obviously, the groups are. But what kind of pressure, what kind of resistance are they getting from local governments? We'll talk about that on the other side of this break. Greg Harris is with me for our monthly visit from Through the Bible. TTB.org is where you get them online. And we've got more in this conversation coming up next as the bottom line continues. You know, I'll never forget the moment I met my grandson, Isaac. It actually wasn't in the delivery room. That was the first time I held him. But the first time I actually met Isaac was when I went with his mother to her ultrasound appointment, and the ultrasound technician showed us a picture of that eight-week-old baby in the womb. Uh, you know, I encourage you to contact Preborn right now and make a donation to provide that same experience for another family. Maybe there's someone in your family who's expecting a child right now. They've had the ultrasound. You've seen the picture. You've heard the heartbeat, and you think, wow, how can I bless someone else. Studies show that 83% of the women who go to a preborn clinic and see that ultrasound either choose to become mothers and raise the children on their own or release the child for adoption. It cuts the risk of it cuts the rate of abortion dramatically. But your donations are necessary right now to get more ultrasound machines into preborn health clinics. Give a gift online when you go to kbrightradio.com and click the banner that says preborn. Cute little baby there wrapped up in a blanket. Or give a gift over the phone. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY, that's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn, make a donation. Every ultrasound machine could do 250 ultrasounds per year, so give a gift right now. Greg Harris is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. TTB.org is the website for Through the Bible. Greg is the president and CEO of this outstanding ministry, the ministry of Dr. J. Vernon McGee, the ministry of a five-year cycle teaching through the Bible that's now, you said 250 languages, Greg? Yes. I mean, unbelievable the, the, the influence that this ministry has, uh, that has basically as the ministry model, play the tapes until the money runs out. And, right. now, and now here we are. Yeah. Uh, before the break, I was asking, you mentioned you moved into Uganda, you've got home groups in India and other places that we don't typically think of as quote unquote Christian nations. It's great while the cyber world is working in our favor, of course, for the church, but what kind of political pressures have you experienced? Or is it kind of able to go the church moving underneath the radar at this point? What are you hearing from your um, members? Uh, well, you know, the the one thing I say to people when they ask a global question is you're always going to get a a localized answer that sure. it depends on where we're talking. So let's talk about what what happened in Uganda during the pandemic. Uh, it was very dangerous for people to leave their homes in that country. 
In fact, they were they were uh, literally the guys that were finishing the recording of, of the Luganda program. And that would be the voice. So think of you and then mm-hmm. also the studio engineer. So maybe Todd, your studio engineer, right. mm-hmm. you guys would literally be risking your lives to get to the studio. You would have to surreptitiously get around and sneak away from your house because you could be beaten, physically beaten. You might even be, uh, you know, arrested or fined or thrown in jail. And so during the pandemic, it was it was serious. And in other places like India, uh, you you know, we've all heard stories uh, and they're true. They're, they're not made up stories. They're accounts mm-hmm. of of governments that were I mean, I know many of us had our frustrations with our government uh, but at least we weren't being physically threatened and beaten right. up. Uh, right. We might have been, you know, persecuted in other ways. But um, n- but now now that the pandemic has lifted, uh, the government is not extremely uh, it isn't the government. That's the problem. One of the issues in uh, Uganda that I didn't even realize is there's a lot of Muslims in Uganda and there is a lot of opposition um, we from time to time, we get reports that the the pastors who lead these churches are people are being uh, they're, they're trying to block people from getting mm. to the church or they're buying up land near the church to, and then not allowing people to park their cars or their motorcycles. Mm. And so, you know, this is another it's important. I'm glad you brought it out because we think we have opposition to the gospel and we do in this country. And, and we I don't want to minimize that. But the level of opposition around the world is is much much greater. Wow, that's it's it, all the more reason for us to be in prayer for our brothers and sisters in places like Uganda. The idea that uh, you know we we might run into some zoning issues with you know a church right. property or something like this, or an easement, or you know yeah. some that, that's resolvable in the court of law. But when your enemy comes in and literally uh, talk about sowing uh, tares among the wheat uh, in terms of buying up that land, it's just it's a uh, it's it's really horrible. We got 60 yes. seconds left in our time together, Greg. What's what's our final word of encouragement for this month? Well, the final word of encouragement is that when we were in Uganda, we met so many pastors who said this program is changing our church. It changes the way I preach. It changes the way my congregants uh, listen to my preaching and evaluate it because they're now learning the word of God and they're calling me out if I'm not interpreting it correctly. So mm-hmm. uh, we had a meeting with about 50 pastors and they were lining up. They said, who wants to give a testimony? And they all raised their hands. They said, all right, only <laughs> only the 10 of you that came for the furthest distance. And I'll never lose this image of, in my mind of these 10 pastors standing, waiting in line to tell us how the through the Bible teaching in Luganda has changed their ministries. Wow. I love that. What a great word picture and what a great way for us to conclude our monthly visit for this month. Greg Harris, the president and CEO of Through the Bible, ttb.org is, of course, where you find this outstanding ministry online. And of course, check local listings here for bottom line show affiliates, whether it's KLTT, KBRT, KCBC, or KLDC. Uh, We love having uh, Through the Bible as part of our broadcast lineup as well. Greg Harris, always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Thanks for having me, Roger. Well, what a great way to end the month and uh, end our conversation here with uh, Greg Harris, the president and CEO of Through the Bible. TTB.org is the number or is the way you reach them online. And, you know, the thing about Through the Bible, we've mentioned this a lot, is Through the Bible is probably the longest running ministry that we have here on uh, the Crawford Broadcasting Network. It is also 
uh, an organization that uh, makes a sizable investment in what we do here on the Crawford Broadcasting Network as well. And I encourage you, if you are so led to, uh, to make a contribution to the ministry of Through the Bible, the Bible teaching ministry of Dr. J. Vernon McGee, um, the phone number is 865-BIBLE. That's 800-652-4253, 800-652-4253. You can also give a gift online. You can write to them uh, here in the U.S. It's through the Bible Radio Network, P.O. Box 7100, Pasadena, California, the zip code 91109, or give a gift online at ttb.org. The taking the whole word to the whole world gives you such perspective, doesn't it? It helps you to understand what's really important and what our calling is as Christians. It's not to win elections. It's not to Christianize the culture. It doesn't mean that the actions that we take won't lead some Christians into politics. It doesn't mean it won't lead us into places where we can impact laws and societal systems and things like that. Taking the whole word to the whole world means we go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's the good news. And that's the bottom line.